Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Well, hello, friends, and thanks for downloading another weekly episode of the Money Girl podcast. My name is Laura Adams. I'm your host. I'm a personal finance author, speaker, and consumer advocate who's been producing this show since 2008. A common question I get is, Laura, how do I talk to my parents about their money situation and about their future? This can definitely be a touchy issue. It's just not always easy to know how much or how little we should be involved in our parents' financial lives. Plus, parents can be a little reluctant to open up about their finances, and kids might not know exactly what to do or what to say to get prepared for their own future, much less their parents' future. This show is for you if you want to help your parents figure out the best way to navigate their financial future. And to help me with this conversation, I interviewed Cameron Huddleston. She is the author of a new book about this really important and often difficult topic. Cameron is an award-winning journalist with more than 17 years of experience writing about personal finance, my kind of gal. U.S. News & World Report named her one of the top personal finance experts to follow on Twitter. Her work has appeared all over the place in Kiplinger's personal Personal Finance, Business Insider, Chicago Tribune, Fortune, MSN, USA Today, Yahoo, and many, many more print and online publications. She's been featured on TV, radio, and all kinds of stations nationwide. She's been interviewed and quoted as an expert in the New York Times, Chicago Tribune, BBC.com, Market Watch, and lots more. So on today's show, Cameron and I chat about conversation starters and strategies to communicate with your parents better about their finances. So we cover topics such as why having money talks sooner rather than later is so, so important, strategies to start conversations that are not awkward or upsetting. We cover some key legal documents that your parents should have to protect their financial wishes. We talk about the challenges that a parent's memory issues can bring to estate planning and what to do if your parents are not prepared for retirement or maybe they're struggling financially. Also, how to use long-term care insurance to manage a parent's future care expenses. Plus, ideas for aging parents to manage debt and cut expenses to free up more cash. So this is a lot of great information that we're going to cover today in episode number 597 called The Right Way to Talk with Parents About Money. Okay, here's my conversation with Cameron Huddleston. Cameron, thank you so much for coming on the show. 
Thank you so much for having me. You just wrote a new book, and I'm super excited for you. It's called Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk, How to Have Essential Conversations with Your Parents About Their Finances. It sounds a little scary. Why did you want to write this book? (laughs) I, I know it is a very scary topic of conversation for a lot of people. And that's the reason I wrote this book, because I know how important these conversations are. I had to have them with my mother. She has Alzheimer's and I became her caregiver, you know, but I realized that a lot of people don't want to have these conversations, even though they realize they're important. And a lot of people don't even realize how important these conversations are. And I just, from my own experience, I went through it by myself and I wanted people to know you don't have to go through this alone. I have created this manual for you that's going to walk you through it step by step because I had to learn everything along the way. Even though I am a financial journalist and have been for many, many years, I didn't know how to do this. I didn't know how to start the conversation. I didn't know what information I needed to find out. I I didn't realize I needed to be having that conversation sooner than I did. And so I just don't want people to make the same mistakes I did. And hopefully, if they read the book, they're not going to make those same mistakes. Why do you think these conversations are so difficult? I mean, it seems natural that we would just talk to our parents about money. Why do you think people just don't do it? There are several reasons that these conversations can be difficult. The biggest is that money in general is a taboo topic. And older generations in particular really think of it as a taboo topic. They were taught by their parents not to discuss money. They're still hanging on to that idea. You might have your parents teaching you that as you have grown up. I know my parents surely did. I'm a a Gen Xer and... You know, my parents always, my dad in particular, always told me, you shouldn't talk about money. It's just not polite. And so getting past that idea that you don't talk about money can be very difficult. And a lot of a lot of people, you know, my age and younger I've talked to said, oh, I've tried to bring this up with my parents, but they say, you know, this is none of your business. I don't, I don't need to talk about money. Getting past that taboo, that is a problem. Some people are embarrassed to talk about their finances because they haven't done a good job managing them. Sometimes parents don't want to talk to their kids about their finances because they think their kids are being greedy. So there are several reasons why it can be difficult, but I want people to realize that as awkward as the conversation might seem, not having it, the consequences can be a lot worse. There are things that you really need to discuss before an emergency happens so that you can have a plan, so that all of the legal documents are in place. If you wait until an emergency happens, it can often be too late, which is what I almost discovered with my mother because I didn't start having discussions with her until she started having memory issues. And that made things so much more difficult than they had to be. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So tell me about some of the legal documents that you wanted to make sure were in place for your mother. So this is so, so important. I think if anyone takes anything away from my book, I really hope this is it. You have to be mentally competent to sign a will, a power of attorney, 
or an advanced healthcare directive, which is also called a living will in some states. Now, I think most people know what a will is. It spells out where you want your assets to go when you die. If you don't have a will, basically your state has one for you. There is state law that dictates who gets what. And so a will is so important, even if you don't have a lot of money, but you have anything, a house, a car, a will is going to spell out who gets what. And so it's important to let your parents know, hey, mom and dad, I'm not interested in what I'm getting. I just want to make sure that you have put your final wishes into writing so that there's no question about who gets what. We don't want to end up fighting over this. So this is the way you can approach that will discussion with your parents. With the power of attorney, this is a legal document. It names someone to make financial decisions for you if you no longer can. So I had to have this. My mother named me her power of attorney before her Alzheimer's got too bad. She was still competent enough to sign that document. If you wait until a parent with dementia has declined so much or they've had a stroke or anything that makes them no longer competent, an attorney is not going to let them sign this document. And then you have to go to court to become their conservator. It's a very lengthy, expensive process. So much easier to just do it in advance when your parents are healthy and competent. And then if something happens to them, then you have the legal authority to step in, access their financial accounts, pay their bills for them. Because without it, the bank's not going to talk to you you know, their, their retirement account holders are not going to talk to you. You, you have no access to your parents' finances if they have not named you power of attorney. And then finally, the advanced healthcare directive that lets you spell out what sort of end of life care you want, whether you want to be on life support, that sort of thing. And it also lets you name a healthcare power of attorney, someone who can make healthcare decisions for you if you no longer can so, so important to have all these documents in place in advance. Yeah, this is so key because I'm sure a lot of people listening are thinking, well, you know, I'm just going to wait until mom and dad get a little older and then I'll just take over. But as you're mentioning, depending on the types of limitations that they have, that may get really sticky legally. And you just don't think about all of these kind of uh, things that you have to navigate before you're actually in the middle of it. And as you said, at that point, it could be too late. Um, So this is something that is so important. And I know it sounds really boring and, you know, even expensive to set these things up. But the key is that you've just, you've got to buckle down and just get these created. And once they're done, you know, certainly you can tweak them a little bit if needed. But once they're done, you can kind of rest, I think, a little bit more at ease and at peace knowing that they're done. I mean, that's just a huge obstacle to overcome. Cameron, what about siblings? Do you have any siblings? And how do you think they should factor in this to this whole process? I do. I have a younger sister and we have worked well together with my mother and her Alzheimer's. I live closest to my mom. And so I am the caregiver. I also manage her finances for her. It is so important to talk to your siblings, even before you talk to your parents, because all of you want to get on the same page first. You want to talk to your siblings to figure out who is going to have the conversation with mom and dad, whether it's going to be all of you or just one of you, maybe a couple of you, if there's several of you in your family. 
You want to figure out when you're going to have the conversation, how you're going to approach the conversation. You also want to discuss what roles you're willing to play as your parents age. It's good for you to decide this in advance of talking to your parents, because when you do go to them and sit down, you can simply say, you know, mom and dad, you know, my brothers and sisters and I, we've all been talking. We love you more than anything. You took such great care of us. We want to provide that same care for you if you ever need it. We've talked about how we can do that. But in order to do that, we need to get some information from you. This shows that you guys are united. You and your siblings are approaching your parents as a united front because oftentimes parents are afraid to have these conversations with their kids, especially when it comes to talking about their will, because parents don't always divide things up equally. And they don't want to tell their kids who's getting what because they don't want that fighting to happen. So if you go to your parents saying, we've talked, we're not interested in who gets what. We just want to make sure there's a plan. You have things in writing. We've talked about what we're willing and able to do. Let's sit down and talk together now so we can come up with a plan, all of us together. Cameron, what do you do if you have this conversation with your parents, but you find out that they're not in a good financial place? You know, what if maybe they're not talking to you because, as you mentioned, they haven't done a great job with their own planning? What do you do in that situation? Do you have any tips for listeners if they just, you know, find out, you know, mom and dad might be struggling? This will likely be the case for several people. There there are several surveys out there that show that baby boomers, which is one of the largest generations, they are aging and so many of them are unprepared for retirement. They don't have much in savings. Some, I mean, a large percentage have absolutely nothing in savings. A lot of baby boomers don't have any sort of long-term care plan. They don't think they're going to have enough money to pay for health care. So certainly this is going to be an issue for a lot of adult children as their parents age, especially as their boomer parents age. There are a variety of things you can do. Obviously, if your parents aren't comfortable discussing their finances with you because they know they haven't made good choices, you certainly don't want to point that out. You don't want to embarrass your parents. Something that you can do is use yourself as an example. Hey, mom and dad, I found this great way to save money at the grocery store. It's been super helpful. Or mom and dad, I have found that I can set aside a little money each month for emergencies by cutting out some subscriptions that I never use. Share with them some things that you have done to help improve your finances. Basically, you're kind of giving them a tip. Hey, this worked for me. Maybe it'll work for you. And that sometimes can open the door to more conversations. They might take your advice and then they say, you know what, that worked. I should go back and ask my kids perhaps if they're doing anything else to save money. You might also want to mention to them, hey, mom and dad, you know, I know that as you're heading into retirement, if you want to have a comfortable retirement, Maybe you're thinking about moving to a smaller house and I want you to know it's okay because a lot of times parents are afraid to sell that family home because they think their kids are going to be upset that they've given up the family home. Let them know, you know, mom and dad, what's most important to me is that you are comfortable in retirement. It's okay if you sell the family home. My siblings and I, we're not going to be upset. You can probably find an apartment that's going to be a lot cheaper. You don't have to deal with the maintenance of it. 
you can find ways to help them out. Not, you know, not suggest that they, you know, not say, hey, mom and dad, I need you to spill your guts about your financial details. Offer ways to help them. Mom and dad, you know, if you want, I can help you find a, an affordable apartment that'll be better for you, maintenance-free, or I can help you find ways to save money. Those sort of things can open the door to conversations and help you get a little bit more involved in their finances and help them out. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin-D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin-D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin-D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin-D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Talk to me a little bit about long-term care insurance. This is something that a lot of people don't know much about, um, but it is uh, out there and available to cover everyday types of expenses for folks who are needing care, whether it's getting dressed, cooking, um, you know, having a nurse oversee some of your everyday care if you're at home. Uh, but it's expensive. You know, it, is it something that children should consider buying? on behalf of their parents? You're right. Long-term care insurance can be expensive. It does cover assisted living, nursing home care, in-home care. Just to give you an idea of how much it costs, my husband and I actually went through the process recently. We were getting prices for policies. We're in our mid-40s. We are still healthy and for a shared benefit for the two of us, it was going to cost around $300 a month, which is a lot. If you are in your 
50s, it's going to cost perhaps a little bit more, certainly in your 60s. So the younger you get it, the lower the cost, but you don't want to get it when you're too young because you're going to be paying a lot of money every month for a long period of time. You know, I've seen some studies that show that really 10% or fewer of the older population have long-term care insurance. There are other options. You can get life insurance with a long-term care benefit. This could be good for people who are afraid of basically kind of throwing away their money on a policy they might never use because someone is going to get the money one way or the other. If you need the long-term care, you'll get the long-term care benefit because it's life insurance. When you pass away, your beneficiaries will get money. There, You could actually save up enough money to cover long-term care. In addition to saving for your retirement, you can have a separate fund for long-term care. But this is something to consider. If $300 a month sounds like a lot, and that's, like I said, for a shared benefit, for a couple, you will pay less if you get an individual benefit. If $300 sounds like a lot for you to pay, you need to realize that the cost of assisted living every month is about $5,000. So if you can't afford $300 a month, how are you going to afford $5,000 a month? You know, unfortunately, most people aren't prepared to pay this expense, and that's why family members often become caregivers. And even if your parents cannot afford long-term care insurance, you want to have these conversations sooner rather than later so you can come up with a plan. If you are their long-term care plan, you need to discuss with them whether you can actually provide this sort of care. If you have kids of your own, you might have to say, mom and dad, I'm not sure I could actually help you out. We need to figure out a way to make this possible that is affordable. Yeah, I've seen statistics that show about half of nursing home expenses are paid by relatives, you know, and so adult children could be paying something on the order of 10K a year, on average 12K or more, um, you know, depending on the level of care needed. So it can definitely be expensive. And as you mentioned, if you can't afford that, you know, thinking about uh, long-term care insurance or life insurance policies um, or even annuities that come with long-term care benefits are definitely some options to consider. Cameron, what about debt? If somebody is talking to their parents and they find out, oh my gosh, mom and dad have way more debt than I ever thought, what should we be thinking about that as kids? I actually interviewed someone for my book whose parents had a lot of mortgage debt still because they had, you know, refinanced their home. I think they had taken, perhaps it was like a home equity line of credit or a home equity loan to help pay for their children's college. And so they, you know, already into retirement, they were still paying off this debt. And so the man I interviewed, he was a financial planner, actually suggested to his parents, you know, I I see that this is really stressing you out, that you're having to pay all of this mortgage debt every month. Maybe you want to consider selling the house and moving into an apartment. It took a couple of times mentioning that, planting that seed into his parents' heads. But finally, the parents listened, sold the house, paid off what they owed, moved into an apartment. The monthly rent was lower than their mortgage. And they were like, wow, we we have so much more money now in our budget. So sometimes it's just kind of coming out and pointing out to your parents 
how much money they could be saving if they make a few changes. For example, if they sold the house. Now, if it's credit card debt, that's a different story because it's not like you can necessarily sell something and get rid of the debt. You're not selling a house and paying off a mortgage. That's a little harder to handle. There are some wonderful resources out there that you could point your parents to the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. They have very free, they have free and low cost counseling available for people. So you might want to suggest that your parents meet with a credit counselor to help them come up with a plan. You could use yourself as an example. Again, you know, hey, mom and dad, I had a bunch of credit card debt. I was able to pay it off by using this method. Lots of different methods out there that you can find on the internet, the debt snowball method, the debt avalanche method, you know, figure out what works for you. Give examples of maybe how you cut some expenses so that you would have more cash to pay down your credit card debt. Certainly debt can be a huge burden in retirement. And oftentimes though, that 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 biggest burden is the mortgage debt. And so Again, if you talk to your parents about the benefits, perhaps of selling a larger home they might be in and downsizing to something smaller sooner rather than later, they might see how much more room it's going to create in their budget for them and say, you know what, this is a good idea. I think I'm going to go for it. A lot of people don't realize that unless they're a joint credit holder or a joint account holder with their parents, that they are not responsible for their parents' debt in most cases. What happens is the estate of your parents is responsible for paying that debt. So what that generally means is less inheritance for you if your parents have a lot of debt, but you're typically not going to be directly responsible for that. Now, a creditor might try to collect that from you. Um, You know, they can certainly try, but legally, unless your name is on that account, you are not responsible for it. So the bottom line, don't freak out if mom and dad have a lot of debt. You know, the (laughs) Um, the, the idea of just coming up with some alternatives, trying to figure out how to sell certain assets to pay those debts, and realizing that if you're not sharing that debt with them legally, it's not going to be your responsibility. It's going to be mom and dad's estate's responsibility to pay that debt off. And you know what? In a lot of cases, if there just isn't enough money in the estate, those creditors don't get repaid. You know, unfortunately, that's the way it goes uh, in a lot of cases. So, you know, just realize that you're not going to have to come out of pocket to pay for mom and dad's mortgage or mom and dad's credit card bills unless you're a joint account holder with them. Um, Another thing to think about are beneficiaries. You know, if mom and dad have life insurance, if they've got uh, retirement accounts, remember that you want to review who is on that beneficiary list. Mom and dad may may have set those up decades ago, and they may not even know. So that's another good thing to review. It is, and it's a good way to start the conversation with your parents Finding some of those little things, kind of everyday things that you can discuss that don't really seem like you're prying into their finances. Again, you could use yourself as an example. You know, hey, mom and dad, I just um, I just got a notification from my retirement account company and they asked me to check out my beneficiaries, make sure everything is updated. Or maybe I just got a notification from my life insurance company telling me to make sure that all the beneficiaries I have should still remain the same. Is this something you guys have done 
recently? Have you, you know, made sure that you still have all the beneficiaries on you on your account that you want to be the beneficiary? Just a very simple way to kind of get a conversation going about their finances and to make sure that they've actually made this very important move because if you don't have someone named as a beneficiary, then that account is going to have to go through the probate process when you die. That means it goes through the court system and it, they have to figure out who's going to get what if you don't have a will and haven't named someone to benefit from that account. This is a book that everyone needs to read. Cameron, tell us a little bit about when it's going to be out and where to get it. It comes out June 25th, and you can get it on Amazon.com, of course, also BarnesandNoble.com and Wiley.com. Wiley is the publisher. You can pre-order it now and save a little bit of money. The price has been marked down about $10. Awesome. Cameron, thank you for writing this book and addressing this just really important and I think often overlooked topic. It was really nice to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you being a Money Girl listener and hope you enjoyed this conversation. You know, it could take several attempts before your parents understand why you want to discuss their finances with them and may take a little bit of time before they're willing to open up to you. And it might even require somebody like a financial professional or a trusted family friend to help you with this conversation if you feel like you can't make any progress. So just keep trying different approaches And hopefully your parents and your other family members will recognize how important it is to have this conversation. Visit the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com for more from Cameron. There you'll find 10 things to know about talking to your parents about their finances based on tips from our new book. And if you have a money question, feedback about the show, or ideas for future episodes, I would love to hear them. All you have to do is visit my contact page at lauradadams.com or leave me a voicemail message at 302-364-0308. Money Girl is produced by the audio wizard Steve Rickyberg with editorial support from Karen Hertzberg. If you've been enjoying the podcast, QDT would love for you to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. That's the easiest way to give back, show your support, and help new listeners find the show. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes that are always available at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.